This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State Athletics since 2013. Hi again, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the Beaver Tales podcast today. I'm joined by a former Oregon State men's basketball player, Gligorie Rakorchevich. My name is Josh Warden. This podcast is for Oregon State former student athletes to come on and talk about their memories at OSU, what they've done since leaving Oregon State, the life lessons they've learned along their way, just a chance to tell their story. And Gligorie Rakorchevich, or we call him Big G, has uh, quite the story. A six foot eleven center from Montenegro. He moved to America without knowing English almost at all uh, when he was about 16, 17 years old, partway through his high school career, ended up getting recruited by Oregon State and uh, had a, a great career at OSU, finished up a couple years ago, ended up you know, scoring about uh, 400 points in his career at OSU, nearly 300 rebounds, and uh, just a, a really fun guy to talk with. When I was writing for the Barometer, I was a reporter and covered the basketball team. I did an article on Big G a few years ago. The The headline was the pentalingual post player. He speaks five languages, only knew four, uh, Serbian, Bosnian, Croatian, and Russian were the four he spoke when he came to America and, and picked up English while he was here. In fact, when he started doing high school down in the Los Angeles area, he had to use Google Translate just to find the words that were on his homework assignments. He'd handwrite them into Serbian just so he could understand them and then go back and memorize the words he had just learned through Google Translate. And that's largely how he learned English in America. And now he, he speaks really well and, and you know now speaks five languages. He moved back to the Czech Republic. So he's from Montenegro, moved back to Europe, played some pro ball in Montenegro. He's in his second pro year since he left Oregon State and now playing in the top league in the Czech Republic. You know, most countries have multiple leagues. Uh, they've got like a second tier of the teams that aren't as good. Well, Gligorie plays in the top league in the Czech Republic for a team called Soleta. I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, but he's enjoying life there in the Czech Republic. He's about nine hours ahead of Pacific time. And so he said, actually, I'm going to try to stay up and watch the Oregon game tonight, which I think is was 2 a.m. for him. Uh, when we talked, it was just a couple hours before that Oregon State-Oregon game, which we now know Oregon State played well for spurts, ultimately lost to the Ducks last night. But I think Big G was watching it from the Czech Republic. So good to see uh, former players still invested in the program and, and watching Beaver basketball. So let's relive a little bit of Oregon State men's basketball and a cool story from a recent player. Here is Glee. Gorye Rakorchevich. Big G, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Josh. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, I talked with Olaf Shoftenar recently, so I get some some European basketball players. It's always fun chatting to them. How is life treating you right now? What's kind of day to day life looking like for you right now in the Czech Republic? First of all, uh, thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity to, uh, to share my story, my basketball story and my life story with you in general. You know, uh, it's it's not looking really great, to be honest with you, because there is not much to do in Czech Republic, especially during uh, this uh, COVID time. We've been uh, on the lock, lockdowns uh, since December 8th. So, you know, I just go to practice come home, go to the grocery store, and that's about it. I've been trying to stay in touch with a lot of my friends from back home and friends from uh, from the States and been watching a lot of uh, TV, reading books, and, you know, just stuff stuff like that. Nothing nothing too, exci- uh, too exciting. 
<laughs> let's actually start there. I, I told you I'd go through kind of chronologically your story, but actually let's let's start with just kind of the interest you developed because as little as you are able to do right now, it'll be more fun to talk about the things you want to get going back to when things get more normal and the, the interest you developed, especially at Oregon State. Uh, what are kind of those things that you developed, whether, you know, the, the subject of the books that you read or the activities that you've gotten into? Um, what are those passions, uh, even if they're somewhat more recent? What, what did you develop um, at Oregon State and beyond? You know, I was passionate about, uh, about outdoors, especially uh, fishing, hunting, uh, camping, rafting, all, all that fun, fun stuff. You know, growing up in Montenegro, uh, like I, I got to learn a lot of that from my parents and my, like, my cousins and my friends. And that's something that I really like to do. And to be honest with you, I cannot wait for the season to be over to go home and just relax and do some stuff uh, with my family and friends. But, you know, I've been even uh, when I was in Oregon, I was trying to do uh, a lot of a lot of research about uh, different rivers, different lakes, different months, you know, different kinds of fishing and hunting. And that's something that I like most of the people know. That's something that I did in my in my off time in Oregon. That's one thing that I was always excited to do. And then, you know, you go fishing, you go hunting, you like recharge your batteries and then you're, you know, you're happy again. You're ready to go. And, you know, life, life goes on. But just been doing a lot of stuff uh, about like different, different research about, uh, you know, just different uh, fishing and hunting areas. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got invited uh, to go fishing in Norway, uh, which I'm really excited for. But I don't think I'm gonna have enough time to do it due to all this uh, all this situation that we're in right now. You know, uh, when it comes to books, uh, like I said, I've been reading a lot of, about uh, nature. Most of it about nature. I like to read about uh, geography and uh, history and what happened back back in the day and what people used to do and how people survived back in the day. That you know, that's something that, that I always have interest in. So uh, that's something that I'm going to you know, stick with, at least uh, for right now. Yeah, that, that's really cool to hear. I'm curious, you know, when you were playing in Guild Coliseum, for example, night in and night out, you're getting thousands of fans coming in to watch. It's a loud stadium, everyone watching you play basketball. And then let's say you went on a hike the next day or go fishing on, you know, whatever river you go to. And it's just you and a fishing rod and, and the sound of rushing waters and nobody around you. Was that, did that provide a certain, I don't know, peace or, or respite, a restfulness for you to, to get away? Was that something that you really found you needed? And, and how did that kind of impact you to, to both be a basketball player in front of all the fans and then get away from it all for a while? I mean, it's, you know, as you know, it's definitely uh, awesome and great to be in play in front of so many people in the States. But then uh, every time when I was down and uh, when I like felt like I needed to go away, like to do something different, I would, for example, go, I would drive up to Mary's Peak and then I would hike up there by myself or uh, my uh, former uh, teammate, Drew Eubanks. And we would go there, you know, just go on a little walk. We would talk about different things. Just we would try not to think so much about uh, schoolwork, about basketball. And then the other thing that I would do, I would go uh, fishing to uh, Silet's 
and that was you know that was something that I used to do and that that would always uh get me going you know when you go there you you're totally you're totally in some uh different environment and you don't think about anything else you just like think about fishing and you think about like what fish do how they act how they react what they like to eat you know if you got if you're gonna have any luck should i go later during the day or should i like get up early in the morning and go in the morning you know just like some stuff like that and that you know that definitely helped me a lot because when i used to do that i would just like forget about all the problems and stuff and then when you come back uh in everything's so much easier for example to like you know start doing your school work or like just think about uh some upcoming games and just stuff like that yeah that's really cool to hear and, and especially for you and drew two big posts who came into oregon state and you were a really fun front court to watch for several years at oregon state and and just the the friendship there i mean that's an interesting pair drew coming from the portland area troutdale to be specific you're moving in from montenegro so there's two guys who would not have ever met each other if not for the beautiful sport of basketball and oregon state being a home for the two of you so when you were would hang out and go for walks go to mary's peak or wherever you would go and at least some of the time want to get your mind off of basketball so if you weren't talking about basketball with drew or or other friends what would you talk about what, what where would those conversations go as two guys who are basketball players but but for a moment don't want to be just a basketball player so what sort of things would you get into and, and discuss with a guy like drew uh, you know, I like when we would talk about basketball, you know, Drew is like super, super athletic guy. And then uh, we would like talk about, uh, honestly, we'll talk about our futures and like we would talk about Drew getting to the NBA and how like I was, I always believed that Drew is going to play in the NBA. Like I like, I don't know. We just like, we still till this day, we have a really good connection and we talk often and then. You know, we just like sometimes we just sit down and we go back and we talk about all the good memories and stuff. But, you know, we would talk our walks, for example, or I mean, we lived together for three years. We would always talk about things that we can improve, things that we need to do to get better. You know, uh, when I was at Oregon State, uh, especially my freshman year, I was a little overweight. So uh, Drew would tell me how, hey, bro, you know, you, you, you should lose some weight. And then if you lose some weight, you'll feel better. You're going to. You know, you're going to move better. You're going to be able to jump quicker and faster. You know, just some uh, little things like that, which uh, a lot of people would, like, take personal. But we, you know, we got to understand each other where we could just, like, talk about different things at the same time. And we would never, like, take anything personal. We would just, like, try to, like, try to learn from each other. Yeah, that's cool. I, 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 speaking for myself, I'm a conflict avoider, so I would never be the one to say, hey, you need to lose weight. But you, sometimes it's good to have those friends and it's good for guys like you to, to take it well and not take it personally. Oh, I could be a better basketball player, do this or that. So that's a, that's a cool piece to, to your narrative with Drew. It, speaking of that, at Oregon State, you had a pretty interesting career just in terms of the teammates you had because when you came into Oregon State there were six freshmen in that class it was Wayne Tinkle coming in and it was yeah. his second year basically where you had you and Drew Eubanks and then also Trace Tinkle, Derek Bruce, Stevie Thompson, Kendall Manuel 
all six of you come in, you you live together in one giant suite in Tebow Hall that freshman year. I remember going over and seeing that, hanging out with you guys and, and seeing what, you know, your digs over at Tebow. And, and you had a great, you know, friendship with all of them. You're playing well that season, your freshman year, you made the NCAA tournament, first time in school, not school history, but first time in two and a half decades. And one by one, those six guys kind of dropped off. You know, Derek Bruce transferred, Kendall Manuel transferred, uh, Drew went, you know, left a year early for the pros, now playing for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and it was kind of you and Stevie uh, by the end there, and, and Trey stayed a long time too. So what was that like to have, you know, there's in college basketball, the guys filter in and out. You don't always have the same roster, but some of them you, you did stick with, lived for, with Drew for several years. So what, how would you summarize kind of the friendships you made at Oregon State and, and uh, over the, the four or five years you spent there? Uh, well, when it comes to that, I always tell people, I mean, great things about, about Oregon State and just things about Oregon in general. If it wasn't for Oregon State, I wouldn't be like, for example, talking to you or talking to many other people that I uh, talk to uh, to this day. We developed really good, really good friendship. You know, uh, even though the uh, Kendall left early, the Drew left a little earlier. We, you know, we are still in touch. We we talk to each other often. We, you know, every single, even if we don't talk, for example, for months, uh, we we would talk. Let's say tomorrow or two we talked right now it would be the same it's like we were together every single moment you know because we we got to know each other so well and that you know that helped us I mean and just being at Oregon State uh like everything brought us together and I mean you know like college ever it was fun and stuff uh but it's not just about college and basketball it's about like uh, making great friends in life and that's uh that's what we did at Oregon State and that's something that I like you know that's something that I love uh, that I love about Oregon State and Oregon State's uh program in general you know uh coach Tinkle and our coaching stuff that you always used to bring a really good group of guys and we would you know get along and not just uh guys that was with there my my junior uh my i mean I, my freshman year but the guys that were there before i mean we're still really good friends we still talk to uh you know a lot of different teammates for example shay uh justin uh Matty ice uh gomez langston gary and you know uh guys like that yeah, so many, so many good names, and uh, I, you know, I've been lucky to have some of those guys on the podcast. Langston was one of my first guests on the podcast, and a lot of your your teammates, and so so many uh, really great guys on on those rosters. Uh, I, I kind of want to come back to your story of getting to Oregon State because you've got a really fa- fascinating journey to OSU, and then we'll talk about uh, your journey from Oregon State to, to close it out. But when you were growing up in Montenegro, I remember you said your your favorite basketball player, at least coming into Oregon State, you know, in, in history of watching basketball, was Arvida Sabonis, uh, another European from Lithuania. That he, I think, his last year for the Blazers was '03. You were you were born in 95. So I'm curious when you were growing up, did you watch Arvidas? Did you watch the Blazers? Did you already have a connection with the state of Oregon in that way, even all the way from Montenegro or is it more hearing stories and watching highlights? Like how, how did you get to love Arvidas Sabonis? 
it was it was more from uh watching uh old basketball games and watching highlights and then you know he was a he was just a beast he was a big strong guy he was able to move do a lot of different uh basketball moves and that was just something that was so amazing about him and then you know i uh i remember being at home as a kid just like you know the kid who just started to play basketball and then just like you know i've been watching videos about him and uh about his like hook shot and how he had really good left and right hook shot and you know just like trying as a kid to do some moves that he did and that's how you know that's I, that's why I started liking him so much. And then, of course, after that, uh, I used to watch Vlade Divac and then my cousin, Nikola Pekovic, when he was with Timberwolves, I would follow him a lot. And then, you know, just a bunch of other other guys. But uh, on to be honest with you, growing up, I didn't know much about uh, Oregon, uh, not just Oregon in general, but about United States, you know, everything, all that was new to me. And then just one day I... Uh, talked to my family and decided I want to try something new and you know if it works it works if not I can always come back home and luckily for me uh, things worked out great for me so that's you know that's another another great great thing about basketball and just like moving from Montenegro to another uh, another country uh, and just like getting to know people, getting to learn their language, uh, getting to learn a lot about their culture and their like to learn about a lot of a lot of different things and in, in styles in, in life. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that Nikola Pekovic was your cousin. I mean, I remember he was he's a second round pick, played for the Timberwolves for about seven years. And uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't even know that you were related. I, there was another story in the Pac-12 now, I forget the exact story. I'm not even sure how – I forget if I've ever talked with you about this. But when you came to Oregon State, one of the – I forget the exact years, but you overlapped one of the USC players, uh, Nick Rakochevich, and he kind of pronounced it differently, but I, he was – I don't know. But he was also – you know, sim- the last name was spelled the same. And I want to say you – ended up being related but i'm not sure if you knew that you were related to, uh, remind me of that story did you and nick have a, a family connection there when he was playing for usc so uh you know i i was at, uh, a year or two older than nick i believe and when i first time saw his name i was like uh i was like man he's gotta he this guy's gotta be from montenegro He's got to be somewhere from Ex-Yugoslavia, but especially from this town in Montenegro, because most of, uh, from this area, actually, in Montenegro, because most of Rakocevic families came from that area. And then, you know, we would just play against each other. Then we met in Vegas. I met his parents. Yeah, I met his mom and dad. And, uh, we, you know, we started talking about a lot of different things. And then uh, I wanted to know where they actually from and his dad told me that they were from Montenegro that they're like he grew up there but later on during the war and stuff uh, they moved to Serbia and then from Serbia they moved to Chicago so uh, like I knew that he that, that like that we were like related somehow and then I came back home matter of fact told my grandpa about it and you know he's an old, old guy and he you know he knows he knows uh, his cousins pretty well, and then he knew he knew about his uh, his dad, his dad, his grandpa. So we were, you know, definitely, definitely related. 
that's just a, a crazy way of how basketball brings people together and family members from however many generations back and uh just to see where the the Rockorchevichs in particular convened in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament a few years back so that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty crazy to see how, how that all came together um and to play basketball against him and and some really good Pac-12 players uh speaking more of kind of off the court stuff as you were finishing up at Oregon State um how did you end up going from playing at OSU to wanting to go back to play in Europe I and mean, a lot of even Americans would go play in Europe because there's a lot of opportunities there what was that like for you to you graduated from OSU and you you choose the next step how did you go from Corvallis to the Czech Republic well, first of all, I uh, didn't move uh, right away to Czech Republic. My my first year after college, I played in Montenegro. Uh, I played for one of the top teams in Montenegro. And, you know, it was my first year. Uh, I made a big mistake uh, with my agent. I signed with a different guy, and the guy didn't really, you know, didn't really care about uh, guys who were coming out of college he only cared cared about his nba players and uh players that for example play in euro league or euro cup or like champions league and stuff like that so you know he he got me a job really late but i mean i'm glad that i stayed in montenegro for one year i was closer to my family for the first time after after six years uh so that's one thing that i mean you know that i'm like thankful for that i stayed there that was you know i used to spend a lot of time with uh, a lot of, with my with my parents and my uh, friends and my cousins from back home and then uh my first year was was okay just you know just solid uh, a lot of up and downs uh, just the whole uh, transition pro- pro- process was you know a little difficult i wasn't you know it was it was whole just just whole different whole different thing for me and i wasn't really trying to get used to it i didn't want to go back and get used to uh, things that I used to do there. So I was just mainly trying to focus on basketball. And then matter of fact, my, my girlfriend was there with me. Uh, we spent 10 months together in Montenegro last year and then trying to, uh, teach her, uh, Serbian. It was, you know, it was, it was fun. It was challenging. And she, she got to learn some things and she's still learning. So, uh, then, uh my second year i like i said i had to change my agency uh there there were a few teams because i was you know it was getting late then the uh, season was about to start and i was like uh nowhere to be found because of my agent so i signed uh, i signed with this agent uh from serbia like pretty much in the last minute and he found me a club in czech republic and i said well you know what i'm i'm going just going to go for it and i'm going to take it and i'm going to go there just going to get better. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to build my way up from, from, from Czech Republic. And that's how, you know, that's how everything started. Yeah. So you, you moved around a lot and experienced a lot of, a lot of change. I, I know I'm jumping around in your timeline a little bit, but I'm more sticking thematically with, with the element of, of change and just being in a new environment, having to experience something different. When you first came to America, you came, I think it was your junior year of high school. You wanted to experience some higher basketball competition. You knew you could probably play at the next level. So you come down to Los Angeles. I think it was Montebello in particular, kind of the LA area and play for a high school down there. 
when you first came to America, you did not speak very much English. I think you only knew a couple of words and you were living by yourself in an apartment as like a 16 year old. First of all, why, why did you have to live with yourself? And then how did you handle that as a person and all that change and being so young and just being in a completely new country? Um, take me that back to like when you were 16, 17, kind of that time period and how you handled that transition. Uh, well, you know, it, it was it was just a mess, but uh, I wanted to try something new. Well, first, uh, first of all, when I got there, I didn't really know English. Well, I mean, we had English in school, but I was uh, focusing on my Russian because I liked Russian more. I was able to understand some uh, some English, but I didn't really know a lot of it. You know, I didn't know, like I said, anything about culture, anything about food, anything about people in general. So it was, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Just uh, first of all, uh, staying with uh, people from LA who didn't speak any English. They only spoke Spanish. So it was, it was tough. It was just, you know, just tough to try to learn Spanish and English at the same time. And, and I wasn't going to do that. I just wanted to focus on my English and learn English. Uh, I was by myself uh, at first and I lived with my coach. So, you know, it, like you said, I was kind of, moving a lot, moving around a lot. And then, you know, I found, I found my way up uh, somehow. There was just something about me that, you know, I would tell myself, you know, I, you can always go home, but what are you going to do at home? Why don't you just try and do something different in your life? You know, why don't you learn language? And if you learn language, everything is going to be easier for you. You know, basketball is going to be more fun. School is going to be more, more easier for you. And then, uh, my junior year started getting a lot of offers and then playing for AAU for Earl Watson and Lee helped me a lot. They helped me develop as a, first of all, as a person, then, then as a basketball, uh, basketball player and then playing for them that gave me another opportunity to get more offers. But growing up, I used to watch, uh, you know, they would always play some, some uh, college games on our, uh, on their television. And then I used to watch Pac-12 conference a lot. Uh, even though they had uh, a lot of offerings from different places, I always wanted to play in Pac-12 for some reason because, well, the, the one of the reasons I think is because a lot of NBA, uh, a lot of players that played in Pac-12 conference got drafted or they were playing overseas, you know, they were like, you know, uh, or, you know, just making, uh, making solid money, having uh, careers and, uh, just, you know, just little things like that. And then matter of fact, uh, my, my junior year, I get offered from Oregon state. And then I got, uh, offered from Washington state, Colorado, uh, Utah, and uh, a couple other schools from box 12 were interested in me. And, you know, that's how, that's how all, all started. I was focusing more to, uh, I was like leaning more, more towards Pac-12 schools than, than other schools. Yeah, it, it seems like a wild time. I mean, just going from coming to America, not knowing much English to all of a sudden, you know, you may not know anybody, have very few friends to all these Pac-12 coaches want you and want you to come to their city and play for their team. So that that's a quick, not just, you know, not overnight, but, you know, a, a big disparity in how your life looked over, uh, you know, a couple of years there. Um, a last question if, or two for you is, you know, it's always interesting to see like how those time periods of major change affects you as a person, what that prepares you for in the next stage of life. So I don't know if this is easy to summarize, but if you look back at 
how you grew as a person traveling to America, learning just a language, learning the sport more deeply, becoming a different basketball player, becoming a quicker basketball player, playing at the Pac-12 level, and just everything you learned as a person, the passions you developed, the friendships you made. How did you change as a person because of that transition where if you had just stayed in Montenegro, you might be a different person? Do you, can you say you know how different you are now because of all those transitions rather than if you had just stayed put? Uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've made the right choice. And if I can go back, I would do it. I would do it all over. I would do it all over again. And I would not change a single thing about all the process and everything. You know, uh, I'm definitely, I would say that I, like I've said before, I've learned a lot of things on my own. I had to learn a complete different language on my own, or like on my own. And then, you know, there were teachers and stuff and other stuff that helped me learn it. But uh, I was a lot of times on my, my own, just trying to figure things on my own. And then I've had a lot of goals in my life, especially when I came to college, I set some goals uh, and I accomplished a lot of goals. And, uh, you know, I just I see things differently right now because I've, I've lived in different places of the world. Uh, like learn different langu language. I'm able to, you know, to see whether people are like, you know, understand people and they, where they're coming from uh and like you know i i feel like uh i don't know for sometimes i feel like i'm not even like i the, like i didn't grow up in in europe because i've spent almost seven years in the united states and i've learned so much different times in that period uh you know so um i would say uh, like definitely developed, uh, definitely gonna be, I'm definitely going to be able to like show my kids uh, in the future and tell them like what I did, how I did it, what are some, you know, I know what I did wrong, what I did right, what are things that they need to, for example, work on, I'm gonna be able to like lead them and just like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be able to uh, tell them to do things the right way the, the you know the best way because uh, I've been there I've done it I, I like I've seen it all I know how people do it and like what's the best way to do it and what's the way to help people uh, so and I think if I stayed in, in Montenegro honestly I don't think that would be uh, playing basketball anymore because I was I was getting tired of Montenegro and probably I would be you know just maybe working somewhere right now or matter of fact i'll be fishing or hunting and not all that's bad but definitely you'll you'll have time to to fish and hunt and hopefully chances to do that in norway and czech republic and come back to oregon sometime and say hi to everyone in Corvallis and all of that um, so yeah so many good lessons hey big g thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story um it'll be awesome to to catch up down the road again and see see how your short story continues to shape up so thanks for uh sharing that on the podcast today yeah, definitely, definitely, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, it was it was great, uh, great seeing you, great talking to you as always. And you know, just uh, feel free to hit me up whenever, and we can we can always talk about Oregon State, about life in general, about you know anything.
Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing that story from Big G and uh, get to hear more of his story and see what he's doing over in Europe now. Hope to bring you uh, more conversations here on this podcast, usually uh, dropping every Monday. Also use uh, this podcast to give some free advertising to local charities. Old Mill Center is one that I like to mention, especially now because they've got some upcoming fundraisers, including their silent auction. That's a big part of their regular fundraising. It's a lot harder this year than normal years for obvious reasons, and so they're in some need of extra help. So whether you just want to make a monetary donation or participate in the silent auction, uh, a car giveaway, a raffle sort of thing, you can learn all about that at their website, oldmillcenter.org. I'll put a link in the uh, show notes as well. So you can check out Old Mill Center, which does amazing work with kids and families here in Benton County in the Corvallis area do counseling and preschool and a lot of other resources for families here in the area. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. My name is Josh Warden. Until next time, have a great day, everyone, and go Beavs. Go Beavs.